I'm excited about our, our topic about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and putting on the armor of God. <clears throat> but you notice how I worded that. It's more about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So we understand it's all about him and it's about the Holy Spirit. It's about what Jesus already purchased for us and that we walk from that place that we're strong in what he's already done. <clears throat> so uh, this is going to be a three-part series. Tonight will be the first part. Uh, then as Pastor Ralph said, next Wednesday we have the Living Lord's Supper and then the last two parts of the armor follow those two Wednesdays afterwards. Um, <clears throat> so the, the heart of this message is about knowing and trusting the Lord Jesus and all that he has given us through his word um, so we can live our lives out underneath his lordship, which is the most powerful place to live under, is under his lordship. Because we don't want to live in our flesh and live in our soul. We want to live under the power of the Holy Spirit, which comes under his lordship, under his sovereignty, under his kingship, under everything he says and everything he promises in his um, word. <clears throat> so the, uh, the armor of God, we'll find out, is uh, as we figure out natural armor is, um, is a, a defensive type of covering, but in the kingdom of God, it is defensive and it is offensive. We are dressed in the winner's warrior wear when we're dressed in Christ, when we're strong in him and the power of his might. And he gives us descriptive pieces of armor that just reflect more of who he is, but actually who we are in him. We are hidden in Christ as his children. Uh, so it's an exciting topic. So all because of the victory that the Lord Jesus Christ already purchased for us. When he died on the cross and rose again, he defeated the enemy. He brought destruction to all works of darkness by his power. But the evil one has uh, his days numbered before he's thrown into the lake of fire. So we as his church that were citizens of heaven and a royal uh, priesthood, we have to walk to enforce the authority of God that he has given us on this earth to call down the destructive powers. Uh, so, uh, so we, our heart is to be strong in the Lord by what the Lord Jesus has already done. Uh, so we are children of God and we'll find so much identity in the armor of God. We'll find so much identity in the book of Ephesians especially. And that's what gives us our confidence and our strength to walk in the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ as he wants us to. He's, he's an almighty strong God. He wants us children to walk strong in him as well. Uh, he also calls us um, a, the uh, uh, army of God too. We're going to talk about that as well. So our Father has given us all that we need for life and godliness and all that we need in regards to the evil spirits that are everywhere. And we also have to remember that it is not an equal battle of good and evil. The Lord Jesus is King of heaven and King of glory and the wicked one is under our feet. So we don't want to ever say it's equal powers. Oh no, we walk in the authority of God. So I just want to uh, pray before we get underway through the whole study tonight. So. <clears throat> So, Father God, we just bow before you. We give you all praise and honor and glory for your word, for all these weapons, for all the defensive gar uh, garments you have given us to put on so we walk strong in you and the power of your might to give you glory, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us power, you've given us love, and you've given us a sound mind. So, Father God, I pray you would realign us through this teaching, that you would break off any lies of the evil one that is 
uh, that has um, lied to us, Father God, and that we would, uh, we would just walk in greater authority against the evil one, God. And we just thank you for your living word. We leave a place in our hearts for you to plant and grow whatever you want in us in this teaching. And we just praise you, God, for who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, so, so yeah, let's start out with Ephesians 5, 8, <clears throat> just so we know. Um, we were, it says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, God calls us children of light. We used to be darkness. We used to have spiritual blinders on and veils over us because we were in the kingdom of darkness before he delivered us into the kingdom of the son of his love, which is his magnificent light. So we want to walk as children of light. The word of God is known as a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Jesus is the light of the world. We are called to be in the light. Light always overtakes darkness. And that's who he calls us to be, children of light. Uh, also, too, when we, we see um, in Ephesians 6.10, this is the start of the section in the book of Ephesians that talks about the armor of God and lists it all. And it says, finally, my brethren. Now, that's a word to all the, the brothers and sisters of Christ. And you see the word brethren, that means all of us together as one unified as the army of God. I'm looking over here, here's this shirt that says Team Jesus. And that's exactly what we are. We are Team Jesus, but we are good soldiers of Jesus Christ. No matter what we see, this is all spiritually discerned. So we understand this. This is all revealed. God's word to us is a revelation of his kingdom, revelation of the unseen world, the revelation of everything he's doing that we don't see. So we just, we just praise him for his word, but he calls us together in unity to be the body of Christ. Uh, so it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So this is not for, this tells you that the Lord does not want his church shrinking back and hiding behind pieces of armor. He wants us to stand strong and advance his kingdom. So we can see that the dress he's going to give us is the winning warrior's wear, that we wear authority over the spirits of wickedness that have no place on children of God. They're all trespassers. I could just sit here and call out the filth of the evil one, but we are light of a God, that we walk as children of light and don't get pulled into the lies of the evil one because he's a deceiver and a tempter and he shrouds things. And uh, so anyway, I'd rather talk about the Lord, but we'll have to talk about him too. But anyway, so the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and the most important about putting the armor of God on is us coming under his lordship. We just got to remember that uh, our daily walk with the Lord makes us strong. The word of God makes us strong. Worship makes us strong. All these things make us strong. So we don't want to, uh, we cannot live a sinful life and just say, I'm just going to put the armor of God on. It is not a quick fix. It is who Christ is, who we are in Christ. Our lives submitted to him is the only way we can win against the evil one. Let's look at uh, James 4, 7. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But you see the order that God has in his word? We have to submit to God under his authority, under his reign. He is sovereign. He is ruler. He is the one that has the best answer for his children. Even if we pray and find out that we didn't get the answer we prayed for, we say, God, thank you that you see all things, you know all things. Your answer is always higher, always better. 
I don't always understand it. And, and there's so many things we will not understand on earth. There are a lot of mysteries that are only for the Lord to know why he's doing what he's doing. So no matter how we walk, we come under his authority because the final word is father knows best. He always knows best for his children. He is not a cold-hearted God. He loves us with such a passion that he sacrificed his one and only son that we could be in right standing with him, be in union with him on earth and see him face to face in heaven for all eternity. So don't ever believe the lie. That's another lie from the evil one that God's far out there somewhere. He is not. He dwells in us. He stands with us. He goes before us. He's our rear guard. We could go on and on and how wonderful he is. And so many lies of the evil one that get broken as we know the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. When we don't know the word of God, we are going to be susceptible to the lies of the wicked one. We need the word of God more than we need every breath because God supplies that in the natural. We need the sword of the spirit. So our submission to God is vital for our walk. <clears throat> Here God tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 and 4, though we walk in the flesh, right, we all see each other, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, the devil's an arguer. He's, he's, he's always starting arguments in our minds, giving us temptations, all those types of things. But when we know what's right, we, we got to nip those things in the bud. And this scripture we're going to use again um, in, the, in the second, third week when we talk about the helmet of salvation, which is the battlefield of the mind that we are going to address. Uh, and this is what comes into our, our this is a tactical uh, equipping. You know, the word of God, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly, be complete and thoroughly equipped. We get equipping in the spirit realm every time we get the word of God in our heart. We can store up an arsenal in our heart and our mind to release when the enemy comes in with his lies and his doubt and his despair, destruction and all the garbage that he spews at us. Nope, I know my God. I know what he says. I know what he's going to do. I know he's faithful. So gives us the authority by the word of God. So... <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Ephesians um, 6 uh, verses 11 through 18 um, are the rest of the armor of God. I'm going to look at verses 11 and 12. It says, so he tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The world wiles is just all his schemes and his trickery and all his uh, underhanded maneuvers that he wants to do. Verse 12 says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now we have to realize that we can easily get tied in with arguments because we're face to face with someone. But our Lord says that is not the real battle who we're battling. It's not flesh and blood. There's a spirit involved somehow, some way that's antagonizing and st starting arguments. You know, um, Proverbs 15:1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. 
That doesn't sound like such a powerful statement, does it? A gentle answer. It keeps turning away wrath. It has the power to keep turning away wrath. God's ways are higher than the ways of this world. So, so anyway, we don't wrestle flesh and blood. We wrestle unseen principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's the atmosphere. So we see in the world the manifestation of the evil host of wickedness that births evils in the, in the spirit realm is the undercurrent of what we see. We can look at the news alone. It reveals the bad fruit from the wicked spirits that cause um, abuse and murders and, and suicide and, and corruption and all these things. There's, there's filthy spirits underneath all that takes place with our eyes. We can get mad at corruption in the government and get mad at people, but it's spirits that are involved in the darkness that has saturated this broken world. The Lord says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, but we are not part of this world anymore. We are citizens of heaven. So all this world should be offensive to us and that we are to stand in who the Lord is and what he wants us to do while we have our time here on earth. So our viewpoint of, um, of wickedness is that they are rebellious, rebellious spirits, all these dark spirits. They hate God and they hate us because we're God's children. So um, different topic, but you know, the evil one was thrown out of heaven. So uh, he is just, he's hateful. Um, he has got um, fallen angels, which are demons, or unclean spirits, the leader is Satan, and they're all enemies of God. I'll share on that later. So we know that there's, there's unseen realm. We see the bad fruit. That's how you can see that there's spirits involved. Just know, we know the, the important thing is uh, like, the, uh, the test they use for trying to find counterfeit money. They don't learn every other piece of counterfeit money. They know the real thing. So instantly the counterfeit stands out. The wicked one's a counterfeiter. He's always trying to copy God, but he always wants to use deception and bring in, um, bring in uh, horrible things. So I'm going to grab water here. I uh, lost my train of thought, but anyway, so so he is a, a counterfeiter. So yeah, the thing is we need to know the real thing, which is the word of God and who God is. So when we see something that's deceptive, we'll know right away because we know the, the truth, because the truth sets us free. So, so it says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's the third time the Lord is telling us to stand. <clears throat> We're standing in him, which the battle is the Lord's. That's why he wants us to stand in what he says and let him handle the battle. I think about even as Christians, how many battles we can avoid by not responding in the flesh because the, the evil one loves to get us all wound up and aggravated by things we see rather than standing on the promises of God and the authority and the peace of God rules us when we stand in his authority and don't get caught up with the ways of the wicked one. He wants to trip us up. He wants to uh, set traps for us, all those types of things. Um, but the more we stand in the Lord, what he says, we have a place of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, which is the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so we put on the whole armor of God to stand and withstand as best as we can. And we realize, like the, uh, it says in Proverbs 24, 16, the righteous fall seven times and get up. 
You know, we don't want to criticize ourselves if we fall in the midst of our spiritual walk. The Lord is never criticizing us. He is always our helper. He, he gives us grace and mercy every single day for every way we miss it. He is never going to condemn us. That's the voice of the wicked one. I'll speak about that when we get to the helmet of salvation. Um, our Father is always by our side. He never will be critical of us. We are his children. He loves each one of us as if we're his one and only. So that voice we're going to cancel and we cancel that continually and daily with the helmet of salvation, which we'll, we'll talk about at another time. But we, we have to have the grace with ourselves and the mercy with ourselves, just like the Lord does. How are we going to expect the Lord to have anything besides what the Lord has for us? We're going to live, if we start listening to those lies of the evil one, I'm kind of getting into a different part of the teaching, but we are going to, um, we are going to uh, be weak Lies always make us weak. The devil's always shooting lies at us, trying to weaken us. Our strength is in the Lord and in his word and the power of who he is. So we watch for the, anything starting to make us weak. You know, like, okay, Lord, expose that thing. That's not who you called us to be. Because he just said, I want you strong in me and the power of my might. So we notice that that's not us working up our own physical strength. That's a Holy Spirit power that dwells in each and every one of us for all our circumstances. So these pieces of armor in the scripture, uh, in these... Um in the next two uh, messages after that, we're going to go through each and every piece. We're going to show uh, what God means by this piece of armor, how we're supposed to walk it out, and how the enemy wants to come in. You know, uh, he's, got, he's got plans, but God's plans are supreme over all his wicked schemes. So the, um, the armor section is verses uh, six, uh, chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. <clears throat> he says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. If you, even just reading this out, you'll start realizing the authority that we have. Uh, having your, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Um, this, this is a winning warrior's wear and prayer, the power of prayer is not put at the end. We'll see with the sequence of how God writes his word. God is uh, the author of this. He's a perfect author. He puts everything in perfect order because he's got a plan. Oh, so um, the armor in the natural we know is physical protection from the enemy in the physical body. Well, the armor of God um, in the spiritual war is a spiritual protector against the enemy that we don't see. In addition, like we talked about, it's offensive uh, because God's truth overcomes lies. So it's, it's a weapon that we have. And I know some battles are real, and all battles are real. Some are long, some are short, some are emotional and physical and relational and financial. And we can go on and on, all the battles we have. But we will have battles. They are real. But the thing we talked about, Cynthia mentioned that, about how much our Father cares and how we are to cast our cares on Him because He's so compassionate about all our needs. Um, but the Lord did tell us, the Lord Jesus, when he was on earth in John 16, 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Our Prince of Peace wants to rule us in the midst of the turmoil of this earth. 
He says, uh, you have peace and in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. God, uh, the Lord Jesus doesn't want us to have any mysteries. He tells his children, you're going to have tribulations. This is a broken, fallen world, and we are citizens of heaven walking in a foreign land now. Uh, So the Lord wrote the book of Ephesians through Paul to encourage us, equip us, and be victorious as we walk our life out. Now, the word we we know is from our Father, that wrote this word, but if we look at uh, the, a good earthly father sending his child into a storm, he would show him how to walk, how to dress to be protected in any storm, and then a really good father would walk right with him. Well, if we look at this, how the father wrote his word, our spiritual reality as God's children is that we walk in the midst of spiritual storms, and our Father instructs us how to walk in these storms of life, how to dress, and He walks with us always, never leaving us or forsaking us. So we have a good, good, really good Father. So, But He tells us that we are, in 2 Timothy 2.8, He says, Therefore, you must endure hardship, just like Jesus talked about the tribulations, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Wow, that means our army general is Jesus Christ. Who, who better than the winner of everything? So, so as we look at it as a soldier in the natural, let's compare to see uh, how strong we can be as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Um, soldiers know who the enemy is, what his schemes are, Soldiers join together with the same mission, under the same general, and with the same battle plan. Soldiers are disciplined, they're equipped, they're ready in season and out, they are unified, and they help each other. They have a team mindset to win. So good soldiers are, uh, good soldiers are not looking back, and their, eye, their eyes would be off of the enemy and off of the general. That is a total disaster in a battle. They are not fighting against one another because their eyes would be off the enemy and off the general, another disaster. Well, good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we unite together under the lordship of Jesus Christ, our general, with the same plan and focus for winning spiritual battles. And we especially help one another. Good soldiers are not perfect and we all get knocked down, but getting back up is what our family of God is for. We help one another and we all have different seasons. Some of us having great mountaintop seasons help the ones that are in the valley seasons because we all have the ups and downs of our life. So when one's up, another one's down, but together, oh my gosh, how strong, helpful are we for one another in the family of God. So like, um, like a good soldier, we need to know and expose the enemy so we, we know what he looks like, how he works and operates. Ah, it's going so fast. Okay. So, all right, well, I'll just go quickly over him because I don't really want to talk about the evil one. But anyway, if we probably know in John 8, 44, that um, you are the, fa- the devil, the devil's a murderer. He does not stand in truth. There's no truth in him. John 10, 10, he's a thief and he does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. He might not appear that way because he's a deceiver. We would be very wise in the natural to see him and turn him away, but it's always in the spirit realm and he's slippery and scheming. So we have to be sharp, good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Like I said, we know who we are, what he has given us, the place that we lead from, we, we will have uh, more success. 
So we know the evil one is rebellious of everything that God uh, has. Uh, he works from, from sources of temptation and deceit. Um, fear, oh, fear is one of his main arrows that he shoots at all of us. Uh, he counterfeits God, big deception and all that. <clears throat> to simplify it, all spiritual darkness are enemies of God. And the effect we see in the natural is what's actually happening in the spiritual. We, we look at the news, there's spirits doing all wicked things, causing all the destruction that's going on. So one example, just an example of a spirit that comes to steal, kill, and destroys are the massive amount of lies about personal identity, something I never thought the devil could ever even touch. How many spirits of confusion does he give people they don't know if they're a boy or a girl anymore. Oh my goodness, I never thought that could be touched. And here it is. And worse than that, people are going and selecting the change, the sex of their body from the spirit of the wicked one because the, the evil one is always against whatever God has created. Whatever he says, whatever he made, the evil one wants to come in and distort and destroy. So God says, I make all people, I make them male and I make them female and I make them in the image of God. So we know who our creator is and who he's created us to be, we have a firm foundation saying that thing's a lie. That thing's another spirit of confusion. That is coming for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's just a small identity of what the wicked one is all about, his destructive spirits. Um, so, but what we believe about evil spirits is going to affect how we walk in our authority of Jesus Christ. If we focus on dark spirits and think they're everywhere and under every rock and we can't find them and think they're spooky and creepy, we're going to fear, we're going to push back and be like walking in fear all the time. But our God has already told us what he is like, how he operates. So um, we all have to see them not as spooky and creepy. We'll say, that is an enemy of God. That thing comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It wants to destroy our kids, our marriages, our family, our job, you name it. It has that wicked, wicked spirit to it. It's not ooey and creepy. It is destructive. So that's why God says, you stand in my authority, expose it, and call it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, and the, um, the book of Ephesians is a full revelation. Uh, the book of Ephesians is a revelation of so much of who we are in Christ all Christ has done for us, and it equips us in how to live our lives strong in him, our spiritual standing for his glory. <clears throat> we'll see that the armor of God is placed in the last chapter of Ephesians on purpose by God. The Lord writes his word in order on purpose. The word finally, because that's how Ephesians 6.10 starts as, is finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. It means that all the verses before it from the beginning of Ephesians all led up to finding out how strong we are because of who he is, what he's done, and what he has given us. <clears throat> uh, so if we, if we miss the previous verses before chapter 6, uh, as you're a seasoned Christian, um, you know more of who you are in Christ. But maybe if you're a newer Christian, it is so important to know everything the Lord has given us to know um, that we have this spiritual authority that equips us. So I'm going to briefly go through some of the book of Ephesians that is that, remember, I'm not just reading a word. 
I'm, I'm releasing the sword of the Spirit because that's what the Word of God is. The sword, uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even between the dis, dis, division of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. So I'm not up here just reading. I want to impart the power of God to his children. All of us need this and it makes our spirit man so strong because his word is living and it's active and it's powerful and our God is living and active and powerful and our God lives in us who is living and active and powerful. So listen as Ephesians 1:3. He says He's telling his children, you are blessed, blessed, we say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And then as you go through Ephesians 1, we'll see what all the blessings are. They are enormous. We can absorb them. Just quickly through Ephesians 1 in, in the first uh, several verses, these are uh, who we are. We are adopted into his, into his family. We are accepted as his family. He calls each one of us individually his one and only beloved. We are purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have all our sins forgiven, past, present, and future the great burden and the, uh, the power and the wages of sin has broken off of us. We are fully forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Uh, he has sealed us with his Holy Spirit and he never removes his seal. His seal marks us as his children. It, it guarantees our inheritance. It guarantees our place in heaven with him for all eternity. Unbreakable because of the blood of Jesus. He guarantees our inheritance, which is eternal. Um, then he breaks into prayer for even a, an increased revelation of everything. As you would read those whole scriptures, I didn't even go through each scripture, but they were just the, the important parts there. Look at this prayer after all that we have in us. Ephesians 1, verse 17 through 23. This is a great prayer. I pray that for all of us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, the same power in us that worked in Christ and raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly places. Listen, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And he put, here's some authority, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. This is just some of the equipping we're getting even just from, that's just chapter one. And this is why we need the book of Ephesians to understand how equipped we get through every chapter. So when we get to chapter six and we say, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Oh yeah, I get what my father gave me. I get what the, Jesus did for me. I get all I have that is settled in heaven, unchangeable and unbreakable. 
Paul. Uh, Ephesians more, chapter 2 highlights Ephesians 2, 1. He made alive who were dead in our trespasses. We were dead because of the wages of sin, but we received the free gift of Jesus Christ for eternal life. We are alive in the spirit. We will live forevermore. We think our last breath is just a step into glory with God. So Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 6, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So we're not in heaven, yes, but this means this is our, this is our position of authority as his children. He has us seated with him in heavenly places positionally. So that's how we have the authority to call all darkness destroyed because of the authority God has placed in us by his Holy Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 2.3 says, But now in Christ Jesus you were once far off, now have bought, been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were so far off, that chasm was so impossible to, to, to cross over, but the blood brought us face to face with Almighty God. We are accepted in the beloved. This is powerful, powerful uh, knowledge in our mind and in our hearts to walk out. Hmm. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. <clears throat> now therefore... We got to remember this. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You know, the book of Ephesians, uh, God calls us saints like nine times through the book. He has identity released chapter after chapter. Saints is just a set apart holy ones. He made us holy. He made us righteous. We weren't on our own. This is, um, this is another word for being a child of God as a saint. So having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of the spirit of God. This is awesome promises. And, um, and Ephesians, again, Ephesians 3, 14 through uh, 21, this is another prayer. Prayer is powerful. That's going to be the last part of our armor. It doesn't have a distinction about being, being part of the armor, but it is the power of God when we pray and use his key, kingdom of the key, keys of the kingdom. But look at this prayer. Um, it's a beautiful prayer. It says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That's a prayer we could pray daily. Pray daily. Say, Lord, strengthen me in my inner man. Let me walk by your spirit and not be walking in the flesh. That, um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. This, this is the impossible measurement of God's love for us. It is immeasurable. There's no end to God's love for us. We may be comprehend, once again, with all the saints, what is the width, what is the length, 
what is the depth and what is the height to know this love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. This is the powerful and measurable love God has for every one of us just as we are. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. The, the Father sees us through his Son. We are hidden in Christ, this enormous love. If we could even get a drop of understanding of the depth of God's love, we would walk in such power for him. Uh, so then it says, listen to this promise from God 2 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. But there's more. This is an infomercial for Jesus, <laughs> but there's more. Okay, chapter four, without going through it all. There's more promises about our identity as a new man, instructions on how to, how to talk, all about the unity and the power that we get in the unity in the body of Christ. He tells us to forgive, which is how we break all those chains. He, oh, this is so neat as we get into the, uh, the next two lessons about what God does when we agree with heaven. Chapter 5, uh, the Father tells us how to walk. He tells us so many scriptures on it, actually how to walk. Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Well, gee, if you compare an earthly child trying to imitate his father, it's pretty natural. They want to do that. Well, we are children of God. We want to imitate our father. Well, what does he do? What does he not do? Oh, we learn that from his word. How should we walk? How should we talk? He teaches us because we're always his children. It says, be imitators of him and walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself to us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. It's hard to really believe the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was such a sweet-smelling um, aroma to the Father, but, but he was. And we are now the sweet-smelling aroma to our Father. Our Father loves us. He tells us uh, through the Ephesians 5 to walk as children of light, uh, walk in wisdom from his word, and Ephesians 5.11, he says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have, have no fellowship. We don't have a conversation. If we are ever mentioning any kind of demonic activity, we're calling it under our feet is the only time we ever, ever talk about it. We have no fellowship with darkness. I know some folks can just kind of joke around like, oh, the devil's bothering me today. Oh my gosh, no. Under our feet. We don't even speak like that. We say all authority over his wickedness. He is an enemy of God. We have got to see him like that and take authority over. There no place. We have no fellowship except we speak destruction to the kingdom of darkness out of our authority. Then God tells us there's so much wisdom in this book in Ephesians 5 verses 15 and 16. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Hmm. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Every one of them. And it's amazing when you think about this scripture we're reading seems like it was written today for today. This was written 2,000 years ago, but this is when Paul was in prison. Uh, but 
the, the times have not changed. There was corruption galore back then. There was idol worship galore back then. Evil spirits galore back then. But still the same Jesus. The, still the same power of his word. So there's nothing new under the sun. We think things are all, well, it's very magnified with all the media that we have. But this was written 2,000 years ago. And this is vital every single century because uh, but Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> so here's um, Ephesians 5 verses 19 through 20. Uh, verse 19 says, Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, this is, this is uh, worship and thanksgiving are warfare. I'll tell you, that's why I say we can't go right to Ephesians 6 because all these parts of Ephesians are the winning warfare. You're singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The enemy is banished. I'll tell you, when you're, you're living your life with thanksgiving, oh, that destroys the works of darkness. You might have lost, you know, finances or anything, but like, God, I'm going to thank you that you're my provider. I'm just going to thank you for how big you are. I'm thanking you that you promised me to meet all my needs in Christ Jesus. No matter how hard gets, we worship and live a life of thanksgiving. We have destroyed the lies of the wicked one that he just keeps lying and we just keep singing, right? Woo. So singing and praising the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's just a, a power in the joy of the Lord being our strength and how um, the Lord says a cheerful heart is good medicine. The wicked one wants to steal our cheer, steal our joy, steal our hope. He can only deceive that he took it because it's ours in Christ Jesus. This is where we have to watch. He's such a liar that we think, oh, we lost our hope. We lost our faith. We lost our joy. Oh, we have it all in the Lord, but he has just ambushed us with reasons to take our focus off of the Lord. When we, um, when we have a downcast uh, uh, from depression and all that stuff, we are not looking up to the Lord and the glories that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. We have so many blessings in our lives. Even if we have a lot of problems, we have a lot of blessings that God promises for us to get our joy back. The devil wants to steal, um, steal anything um, that the Lord gives us freely. The things the Lord gives us in his word are freely given. And the devil thinks he can steal them, so we can't let him. We got a purpose, our love and our joy and our peace. We have to purpose the fruit of the spirit because the devil is like the opposite of all the fruit of the spirit. God's spirit in us is going to be love and joy and peace, patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's going to be his spirit in us. So we know if we're, we're feeling off, we're like, oh boy, something's amiss here because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We've got to keep aligning ourselves back to the word of God because the, uh, the ambush in our, um, from the media and from our ears and from everything coming against us, it has a spiritual effect to want to steal the kingdom of God blessings that we have that are freely given to us. But we have to take our authority and not let them be stolen from us or have the appearance that they're stolen. Remember, he's a deceiver. He's going to 
We're going to think he took our joy when we just didn't purpose our joy. You know, when we, that scripture in Nehemiah that says, be strong in the Lord. Uh, I'm sorry, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Three words before that says, do not sorrow. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So he's going to want us sorrowing, sorrowing because it takes our joy. So anyway, just an example of how he's always coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, so, so just, uh, we know too, through this whole book of Ephesians, <clears throat> it also tells us, uh, uh, continues in, in chapter 5, that the Lord instructs us healthy lifestyles and how to live a strong, healthy life. Uh, chapter 5 talks about healthy relationships and marriage, parenting, children, working with an employee or an employer, uh, that these God, these are God boundaries on how to have a healthy lifestyle that keeps the enemy out. Living a godly lifestyle blesses the Lord and it keeps the enemy out. Uh, this wins. Um, sin is always the devil's playground. That's why he's always tempting us to sin because it's his evil and we become weak. But when we order our lives uh, best as we can according to God's word. We have, as the Lord talks about, putting boundaries in pleasant places, <clears throat> which is really keeping the evil one out. Uh, so, so after all this equipping that we just went over briefly without even going over every scripture of the first five chapters, we got equipped in the spirit to know what we have of God and what's not of God. <clears throat> so then we can come to this Ephesians 6.10 that says, finally, be finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So like I said, our viewpoint of the dark spirits is going to affect how we respond. We are not to be sin-focused and darkness-focused. That is not our job. We are to be savior-focused and kingdom-focused. We got to remember we are not victims. We are victors. We are victors in Christ Jesus. We can't have that mentality. That'll affect how we live if we think we're victims. We are victors, but we know this from the word of God. <clears throat> Uh, Luke um, 10 verses 19 through 20. This is about our authority the Lord has given us and for us to use. And it comes from submitting and giving the Lord all the glory all the time. We can go back to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 1. It talks uh, all about three times it repeats our life is to be for the praise of his glory, for the praise of his glory, for the praise of his glory. Uh, it, it, um, and this scripture here in Luke 10 verses 19 and 20, this is Jesus declares to us. He says, he's talking to the, the church, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But verse 20 is very distinctive too. He says, but nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Such power about that. Our names are written in heaven, not by one thing we did, but because we trusted in Jesus Christ and his blood that delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, into his kingdom of love forever. So um, our, our mouths are to proclaim praise for him. All the spirits are fully subject to us, but this is what, where the evil one can come in and we can think we 
And our flesh took over the evil one, which we cannot take over demonic activities in the flesh or the soul. It's the spirit of God that takes down the demonic entities. So <clears throat> listen to Ephesians 1 verse 13 and 14. It says, it's in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We are his children. Father God is proud of us being his children. He wants us to be for the praise of his glory because of 1 Peter 2, 9, also more identity in who we are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We were in darkness. We were under Satan's domain, but we are delivered from his power by the power of the blood. So we can find out through that, that Luke scripture that um, many godly people have fallen big because they got their eyes off of the Lord. Many ministries have been started through the power of the Holy Spirit and doing wonderful things. And all of a sudden, the people think they're accomplishing what God accomplished in the Spirit. They end up falling to their flesh and taking pride. And we know Proverbs 16, 19 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty, fear, um, haughty spirit before the fall. So our eyes are uh, on the Lord. We're continually to have a mouth of praise and glory because all praise and glory and honors is his alone. So when we, we come in the authority against the wicked one, we come in the authority of Christ and we praise him for all he does continually for it's in his power. Um, let's see. So the, the God's word of Ephesians are all the instructions and the boundaries of our life for godliness, which is in itself armor, and is also a lifestyle that blesses the Lord and blesses those around us. So um, we, we end with this, that God instructs us to put on the whole armor of God, which is a deliberate action for us. And we put on the... Um, put on the armor of God just so we know that it's it's by faith. Our faith is how we put everything on and it's by prayer and it's by thanksgiving. Uh, so the next, um, the next two teachings, we're going to go on every distinct piece of armor and what it is and how it is our armor, offensive and defensive. Just uh, to uh, leave the night because uh, next time we meet, we'll start with the belt of truth, but it's a deliberate action where it says, uh, Ephesians 6, 14a, it says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. So this is a deliberate action for us to put on the armor of God. We make it as a declaration to ourselves. Like just putting on the belt of truth means we are putting the truth on against the father of lies. When we put the belt of truth on, that doesn't mean that we, we are done. It means that we're agreeing with that belt of truth. That means we're going to believe truth. We're going to think truth. We're going to speak truth. We are going to be all about truth. Um, the Lord is with us, speaking truth within us through his word. So that is our armor against the wicked one. But our armor, when we put it on, we're in full agreement who God says we are, what it represents, 
represents and that we walk in it. That is the key because we're dressed in his armor. We're dressed in Christ. We want to walk in what we have on. We want to walk in this warrior wear against the wicked one and, and quench all the fiery darts and all the lies of the wicked one. So we'll, we'll go all more about that. It's so exciting to see the distinction. I know some people just say, oh, we just put the armor on and go. I'm not going to. Every part is so distinctive for what it protects, how it empowers us, and how we walk in it, from it, and walk in this winning warrior's wear that our Father God has given us to walk on this fallen, broken earth and be victorious in what he has promised. Uh, so... So that's just a, a little preview about how we're going to be uh, putting on the, uh, the distinct pieces of the armor of God, which is Christ. And, I've, uh, and we're not going to like have the pictures of the armor because I want to make sure we don't start thinking that the armor of God is like kind of like a pile of stuff and it's separate. It is who God is. It is who his word is. It is who the presence of God is in our lives. Uh, so it is powerful. It aligns our spirit, soul, and body to know who Christ is and who he is and practicing his presence. All parts are so vital and they're so purposeful because our Lord writes the word of God in order perfectly. He tells us exactly uh, all that equipping we had through Ephesians. Then the finally be my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Then he distinctly puts all the armor on. First as we can see the main enemy is the father of lies. So we have the belt of truth on against all his lies. So so empowering and powerful. Uh, but I, I titled this not so much the armor of God but that we are strong in the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is preeminent over everything. He is supposed to be our first love. We're supposed to seek first his kingdom. So our eyes are on the Lord, putting him first in everything. That's how we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We agree with him. We say what he says, and we take authority over the wicked one. So uh, I'm excited about this. And, I'll, and if you guys want any homework over the next couple weeks, read Ephesians. Read it with your believer on. Open up your heart and soul to say, that's who I am. And that's who is. And thank you, Lord. I love the word of God with thanksgiving. I love to pray with thanksgiving. We just thank God that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So the armor of God, you can be practicing putting it on too. You can do it as a prophetic act and do it literally as you're receiving it in the spirit. But it's all strengthening our inner spirit man by declaring on putting on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness with thanksgiving for the Father provided it for us. So we want to give God all praise for what he has supplied for us. And our Father loves that we walk in truth. He loves that we do what he tells us to do. When he says be doers of the word, he means be doers of the word. Just don't say, oh, nice topic, you know. We have to be doers and do that prophetic act. Uh, to, if we want to walk in the authority of who God is. And just as we know, the authority we're talking about is over the demonic spirits. It is not against people. Spirits, uh, we can talk about like social media, all the influencers. Wicked spirits are influencers in the wicked realm. So we understand it's not people that we are uh, 
being critical of, that's the voice of the wicked one. We have to take a stand and stand in, in Christ. And we are to love people and, and love our enemies as God loved us when we were enemies of God. We are called to uh, overcome evil with good when it comes to people. The spirit is the one we're taking the authority over, not the person. So we grow in that understanding that um, the devil's the antagonizer and the tempter and the deceiver, the argument, because he's a hater. He's, um, he's all the wickedness. He's the opposite of God. So we need this discerning of spirit to make sure we separate people that God so loves and the spirit that's causing the turmoil in the midst. So anyway, we want to give God glory and then he would grow our discernment. So let me just end with prayer here. Well, Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for all your instructions that you've given us so we can walk and give you glory with our lives and walk strong in what you say, Lord God. And you would grow our discernment to understand the spirit realm better, Lord God, of all you are and how powerful you are in us and around us and with us and for us, Father. And we thank you that you've given us all your angels to do the mighty warring warfare amongst us as well, God. You are a good father and you take care of us, your children. And we thank you, God, that you have imparted your word tonight, Lord, that we would be stronger, we'd be uh, strengthened in our inner man through your promises, Lord God, because you are a promise keeper, God. And help us be doers of your word, Lord God. Help us live this active life uh, through the active, your active Holy Spirit and your living and active word, God, that we would be doers of and not hearers only, Lord God. We just praise you and we thank you and we give you all all the glory, all the honor, and the praise. It's yours alone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.